Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of the show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> All Hallows' Eve is nearly the date, but don't be scared, for this is week eight of the NFC East Feast. I apologize, the witch is currently being escorted out of the studio as we speak. George, happy Halloween. Wow, dude, the charisma, man. You are something else, bro. Really bringing the Halloween spirit, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't me. That That was a witch. And she's out of here, though. Now we're here to talk football. But, you know, you, dude. It, the, the, the ghouls and goblins are out this week. I hope everybody um, celebrates safely on Sunday and enjoys. We're here to talk about football on Sunday. But we can't do that before we recap what happened in week seven. Now, I want to start with what I think was by far the most impressive performance in the NFC East, possibly the entire NFL. And that was what George had as the lock of the week. I questioned that pick, but you said the Giants were a lock over the Carolina Panthers, and boy, were you right. Our boy, Costa Contodiakis, sent me a text message to give you credit on that call. The Giants played by far their best game of the season. Defense was dominant. Um, What, George, what gave you the confidence to make that pick? I just I, I feel like the Giants are as bad as we think they are. I don't think Danny mm-hmm. Dimes is as bad as we think they are or that he is. I think that defense is still a stout defense. That defense is right. still uh, pretty much together. Lack of injuries there. I mean, they have a great defensive front. They have good linebackers. They needed to win this game. You even said it yourself last week. This was a must-win game for them, and I I felt strongly about it. I don't think the Panthers are good at all. I think this was a combination of the Giants playing a well, you know, well the game they managed the game very well. Um, They didn't, you know, and over pursue. They they played what's in front front of them. Sam Darnold did not play well this game, as you as we talked about before the pod. He got he got sat this game Um, again. I think it was the combination of the Panthers just not being that good of a football team, starting out the year three and zero with high high hopes and and high anticipation. After that, and I think Vegas kind of saw through that too. It was it was a low spread, and uh, I, I wish I took the the money line on the on the Giants and took my own advice. I mean, you said it, man. The the defense really balled in this game. Uh, The big cat, Leonard Williams, had one and a half sacks. He was in Sam Darnold's face the entire game. A guy we've talked about in previous weeks, Aziz Olajari. Um, Their rookie out of Georgia had two and a half sacks. He's having a hell of a season. Um, That was a great draft pick by them. 
And I mean, dude, Daniel Jones, or 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 should we call him Daniel Beckham Jr. after that one-handed catch? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was impressive, man. I mean, it, it's it's very frustrating to do a podcast and talk Daniel Jones week to week because it's like one week I feel like we're ready to write him off and be like, oh, the Giants need to look to replace him. And then he has a complete game like this where no turnovers. Um, he was 23 of 33, very efficient, 200 yards passing. Um, added 28 yards rushing and had that impressive one-handed catch, which gave him 16 yards receiving. So I think he was the MVP of this game, probably the MVP of the entire NFC East. But let's not praise the Giants too much. Like you said, a lot of this was just bad Panthers. They could not run the football. Sam Darnold has regressed every single week uh, to the point where now he was benched for P.J. Walker. I mean, he's going to get his job back and, and have a chance to redeem himself this week. Does anybody but, know who P.J. Walker is, by the way? P.J. Walker played in the XFL. I know that. I'm not aware of of his college background or, or where, he, uh, where he was in this league before he landed in Carolina, but I know he played in the XFL. I think he was maybe even the MVP over there. So he's got ah. some, some Garrett Gilbert vibes, if you remember, who, who played a game for my Cowboys and, and your boy Heineke. So he's has Well, the guy was three for 14, bro. So I don't know how strong he was at the <laughs> XFL. <laughs> But I mean, strong enough to get a backup job for the Carolina Panthers. And oh, that- that's a good that's a good point. I, I want to add to the fact of Danny Dimes. I think that he needs to rely on that defense to give him confidence and comfort. Comfort. Mm-hmm. I don't think when the game is on just his shoulders, he right. doesn't show out. He ends up throwing a couple picks. We've all seen it. He gives up some fumbles. He he feels the pressure a little too much. He's got to feel comfortable, and I think he feeds off of that that great Giants defensive line. They, they got to keep coming after with i think they had five sacks that game they got to keep doing it yeah and and shout out to to joe judge and that entire staff man they were beat up in this game they were without sterling Shepard. they were without Kadarius tony um they were without saquon barkley so a lot of their key guys on offense were out they still managed a way to get a dominant victory um their first victory at home this year so i'm sure the fans in jersey were, were very happy about that and we talked about it the giants started off last year 0-5, 2-7. 0-5, 2-7. They sit at 2-5 and five right now, which is you know tied for second place with the Eagles and the football team. So it's still very early, and maybe this is the win that, that you know puts some wind underneath their sails, and they can uh, string together a couple. But, I mean, very, very impressive, and um, I, got, I got nothing but good things to say about the Giants this week. So congratulations. I hope they get healthy, and uh, they got a tough test um, coming ahead on Monday Night Football, and we will get to that a little bit later. But let's talk about a team who did not fare as well, and that is your Washington football team. Um, it was a tale of two halves for me here, George. You sent a text message um, saying that you were you felt pretty confident um, at halftime of this game. I think it at half, I believe it was fourteen to seven, and like they, yeah, they yeah they scored at the end of the half, right yeah. before the half. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was it was very back and forth. Um, and the Washington football team did some good things in this game for me. Um, they blocked a Mason Crosby field goal, which gave you guys some momentum. But then you drive down the field, and George, you you cut Dustin Hopkins, but you sign a guy named Blewett. I mean, Chris Blewett. Then he he gets a, a, a field he blew goal. It, bro. He blew it. A, a field goal block. <laughs> I mean, you you guys were in the red zone a couple times. You couldn't seem to get in. I think Heineke got stuffed on a fourth and one. You had another um, close play down near the goal line. It just it, it was there. 
but it's just you guys just couldn't complete the victory. But it was close, man. You guys aren't horrible. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I honestly think we could have won this game. There was three possessions within the five yard line, bro, that we missed an opportunity to score. I think a couple of these possessions, Ron, kick a field goal, dude. You hit two possessions within the five yard line. I understand you want to put it in, uh, but but in in certain situations when you're down seventeen to ten, and you're you're second time down to the red zone and the first time you choose to go for fourth down the second time maybe kick a field goal dude I, right I make it you know 13 to 17 so i didn't love those decisions yeah i would love them if we got the score we got the touchdown but when you're going fourth and goal and you're at the one yard line everyone's knows you're going qb seek uh sneak and 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 we just we did it. Why not a fake? Why not a play action? Why not roll out something with the, you know, use Heineke's legs. It, it was tough to watch because it was probably more my, my, my most irritable game that I've watched all year. And, and we have been playing pretty poor, but we, we honestly could have won this game. Um, it was, it's again, 10 to 24. It's hard to swallow that we had any chance to win this game. But if you look at the stats, we beat them in total yards. We had 430 versus their 300 yards where our total time of possession was 33 min- minutes versus their 27 minutes. I mean, if you look at the stat line, I know it doesn't mean everything, but we flat out played better than the Packers. Like, honestly, I mean, just you- didn't show up on, on, again, in baseball, it's timely hitting. You can get the bases loaded every single inning, bro, but you got to drive them in. And we just did not drive our guys in. Got to drive them in, man. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good call. When you fail in the red zone, obviously, you know, you're going to fail. Um, in the stat sheet, when it comes to the final score, you guys dominated the stats other than, obviously, the total points at the end. Um, my favorite stat of this game, though, was Heineke, 10 carries. For 95 yards, he was a top five rusher in the NFL this week, bro. And, and dude, I went to and I had to look it up. I'm like, what was this guy's 40 time coming out of Old Dominion? And it was like a four, five, seven faster than Daniel Jones. I looked that up. That too. We talked about, we yes. did have, and if I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was week one. I don't know what it was, but we did have an argument and you flat out disrespecting me for me even to say anything that. I did, and I apologize. So I'm eating my words now. Although you guys got the L, I want to defend Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team. 95 yards rushing. This dude was moving out. I mean, he was 25 of 37 for 268, so better than he's been the past couple weeks. I'm not certainly not going to put the the loss um, on his shoulders for, for this game. I want to shout out Terry McLaurin. Not that it's like a hot take, but... Dude, 122 yards. His touchdown was a thing of beauty. One of the best wide receivers in this league. I hate to see his talent go wasted in Washington. And it's not wasted yet. You guys can still rebound and make a runner to wild card. But a receiver of Terry's upper echelons in this league deserves to to be on a winning football team, man. That guy balls. The defensive line shows some signs of life in this game, though. John Allen, two sacks. Montez Sweat had a sack. So I think that defense may be rounding into form, certainly not the 2020 um, NFC East champion form, but maybe at least middle of the pack. I think they're playing a lot better than they have been the first month of the season. I, I wanted to to do something, though, George, for you and the Washington football team fans, okay? And this isn't to throw shade at you, and this will only happen after a Washington football team loss, okay? But I want to introduce to you, Mr. Van Riper, and the football team fans, one NFL draft quarterback prospect every single week to give you guys some hope. 
This week's prospect <laughs> is Malik Willis. Malik Willis is the quarterback for the Liberty Flames. And you might be laughing right now saying a quarterback for Liberty, but I dare all of you to go YouTube Malik Willis's highlight reel right now. He is the number one ranked quarterback by Todd McShay as we speak. He's only 6'1", but he's a dual threat quarterback from Liberty. The kid is nasty, man. And I could see you guys drafting a kid like Malik Willis in the first round. So, you know, we, we got the Sam Howells of the world as well. So so as you guys may rack up these losses, I'll start to introduce you some draft prospects just to give you some hope. But this well, week, let me, let me let me ask you this. Yes. By the last week of the season, who do you think will have the better record? The New York Giants or the Washington football team? You know, I'm going to cop out a cowardice answer on that one. And I'm going to say as of right now, they will be tied at if you had to pick if okay you're put you're put you're backing me into a corner <laughs> and i mean i'm just gonna go off of recency bias and i'm gonna say the, the new york football giants because okay. they're coming off of a big win that's all i don't i'm not saying that they're better than you i don't know the strength of schedule the rest of the season but after you dominate a team and gain momentum i'm gonna go with the giants now that doesn't mean that this coming week the giants don't get smacked around by the chiefs and you guys go into mile high and get a victory I might change my tune real quick, but right now, if I had to say the second best team in the NFC East that will come with the second best record behind my Cowboys is the Giants, but I don't think the football team or the Eagles are that far behind. I think you guys are all jumbled up, but I'm expecting better things from all three teams going forward. Um, any other notes you got um, on your boys in DC? Dude, we got to figure out the kicker situation, man. It's not it's, blew it. It's, it's, it's not blew it, dude. It's not. It, it's been a problem for years. I honestly think Dustin just got picked up. I think by the um, picked up by the Bears. Chargers, no Chargers. Chargers. So cut, I honestly they, they think he's going to. It's one of those kickers that that needs to be in a good spot. And honestly, I think Dustin's going to play well for them. I I, I think he needed um, a change in culture. I think he's a really good guy. I don't hate Dustin Hopkins. He just would not make clutch field goal kicks for us. And and I I wish him the best. But we got to figure out that situation because we've lost, as you know from last year, we have lost multiple games based off kicks. And it, sure. it, it's just it's it's hard to get that momentum back when you when you miss these kicks. So. I do want to shout out Chris Blewett, though. I heard um, and, uh, during the broadcast um, that Chris Blewett the past five years was working for UPS and Home Depot. So, you know, a qu- I'm sure that the Washington football team gave I him can't get over that quite, day, bro. quite a pay raise. So despite his struggles, he did make his late kick in the game, though. He, it was like a 45, 47 yeah. yarder. So so he hit a late kick and hopefully that gave him some confidence and maybe he'll you know, be the hero of, of week eight. We will, we, you know, we will stay tuned. Um, but let's move on from the football team and talk about another team that suffered a loss. Me, you, and Luds were all wrong, wrong, wrong on this game. We gave the Philadelphia Eagles way too much credit. They went to Vegas. I'm not sure if they were fucking pulling slot machines until 3 in the morning the night before or what the excuse was. But the Eagles were dominated, I feel like, by the Las Vegas Raiders. Although the final score was 33-22, to it's a little bit misleading. The Eagles got off to a 7-0 lead in this game, George. Um... Miles Sanders got injured in this game. He's questionable going into this week, but you know we love our Memphis backs, and Kenneth Gainwell scored a quick touchdown for the Eagles, got them out to a 7 nothing lead. But as soon as that happened, um, Avante Maddox 
for the Eagles got an interception of Derek Carr. So as I'm watching this game, I'm like, oh, wow, it looks like, you know, the, the East Feast is going to get a, a win on this one. But the Raiders went on to score 30 unanswered points. So one point this game was 30 to 7. The Eagles did salvage some garbage time points, much like they did against the Buccaneers. They got down early, but they scored a couple late fourth quarter touchdowns. But it's not good for Philadelphia, man. Uh, one stat I saw that kind of sums up their season, they lead the NFL in penalties. And when you lead the NFL uh-huh. in penalties, I put that squarely on the coaching staff and Nick Sirianni. He had a very awkward quote this week. I don't have it um, verbatim, but he said something about he wants to water his plants and watch them grow. I don't I don't know if he's a gardener or a football coach, but it's not good. We questioned him with the whole rock, paper, scissors thing, man. And I don't think he's lost his team by any means, but he certainly lost this game. Um, just, just not a whole lot of positive things for me to say about the Eagles. What say you? Yeah, man. Nick Sirianni gives me the creeps, bro. Reminds me of a guy that <laughs> you know, reminds me of a guy that bites his own toenails and picks his own scabs in, in oh, front of geez. people, you know? Some weird dude like that. And I, I don't get a good feeling about him. Uh, the rock, paper, scissors thing. I, I, I doubt that he's win one game in rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> um, because he's definitely not winning out in the field. So I, I will say Jalen Hurts, another Jalen Hurts game. Uh, yes. you know, I ran the football, some RPOs, played half decent. Derek Carr, 31 for 34, dude. Uh, you threw 31 seven, 17, for 34. 17 straight completions at one point in this game. That's Yeah, it, it's just you're not going to win games like that. Um, I don't know who the deep coordinator over at Philly is. You know who that is, the deep coordinator? Um, I believe it's um, Gannon. Um, I, I don't think that has any relation to Rich Gannon. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, no, it, it, they're definitely struggling. Um, you know, Darius Slay is supposed to be somebody thought he was going to have a little bit of a comeback year from last year because, you know, didn't play so well, but they're struggling. They're just struggling overall. Uh, you know, they gave up 442 total yards against the Raiders. They lost in pretty much every single category. Uh, time of possession, particularly again, seven penalties for 65 yards. As you said before, they're just not playing great football. I, I, it's a hard, t- it's going to be hard to come back from this because they probably did think they had a chance here uh, going into, you know, a, a heavily dramatic situation with with John Gruden and, and that right. situation. I think we're all on the same board. There's no way that the team is going to show out against the Eagles. This is a perfect game for them to win and and take over uh, and, and have a, you know, a strong week moving forward. So, yeah, man, I, I, I was an Eagle believer, but now I'm starting to just truly uh, I'm there where I don't know about the Eagles anymore. I'm I'm. It's hard to pick them winning any games moving forward. Jonathan Gannon. I looked it up. Jonathan Gannon gotcha. is their defensive coordinator. He's struggling. Everybody's struggling on the Eagles. Um, other than I do what you know what, George? I got a trivia question for you. There's been seven weeks so far in the NFL. Who is the only player, who's the only football player in the National Football League who has scored at least 20 fantasy points every single week? Wow. J- Jalen Hurts. Kind of, kind of uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, kind of yeah. crazy because he man. runs so much. Yes, so he had, yes. dude, he had thirteen carries, bro. Thirteen like, carries know, for sixty-one yards, 61 yards. Yeah. and he had two hundred thirty-six yards passing and two touchdowns. I was like, yeah, it's, but it's, he also went eighteen for thirty-four, <laughs> yes, bro. No, I know. No, <laughs> he's more of a fantasy star than a real than a reality star. Um, but. It's still like I feel like you can't put it all on the kid, and I, f- I feel like every single week I find myself defending Jalen Hurts for some reason. Like he's like, 
I, I do too, family. bro. We both kind of like the guy. I like, know. We both I... like, but again, we talked last week, bro. Bama quarterbacks, man. Yeah, just they... haven't seen much out of those guys. Just, no. just haven't seen much. So we sure haven't. Well, I know I I know who 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 has seen enough of his Philadelphia Eagles. You and I can talk to we're blue in the face about the Eagles, but our friend Ed, he's a friend of the podcast, a very good friend of mine. He is a, he's a longtime, lifelong Eagles fan, and he's frustrated. And before we talk about Eagles Lions, I want to let him share his opinions on the Philadelphia Eagles. I hope you guys get a kick out of this as much as I did. Yo yo, what it do? What did I tell you a month and a half? No, four months ago. Yo, we're going to be garbage this year. And take a step further. We're going to be garbage for the next two to three years. What I'm looking forward to, I hope we get a top eight draft pick. A top eight draft pick and then steal another two picks from Miami and, and the Colts. That's what I'm hoping for. Three picks in the top 15. That's the only thing that's going good for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Absolutely nothing. Even Ben Simmons don't want to be in the city. The only thing popping in Philly right now is the cheesesteaks. There's nothing else. There's nothing else going on. Son. I, I don't know who's going to be the, ne- the next best coach. I don't know who's going to be the next quarterback. But the only thing I'm going to start doing for the rest of the season, I'm watching the shit out of some college football to see who the top 10 players are about to be. Because we need at least two of them motherfuckers to be relevant, son. I don't want to talk about the Eagles. I'm not looking forward to the Eagles for the rest of the season. As far as I'm concerned, I got 10 more games of torture. Good luck. I hope whoever, it probably going to be Dallas. If y'all win the division, I hope y'all lose in the first round by a walk-off field goal. Good luck. Good riddance. <laughs> and that is Ed from Philly. We appreciate the contribution, Ed. I and that's also know. every single Philadelphia Eagles fan oh, yes. in the universe. So that's, Absolutely. That, that, I love when he says, yo, I don't even want to talk about the Eagles, but I'm going to talk about him." <laughs> He's the man. Uh, it, it, the fact that he was uh, willing to do that for us, I, re- I really appreciate you, bro. Um, and, and I'm sorry, but he had a great point. Before we get into the Eagles-Lions, um, depending on how – the how long Carson Wentz plays for the Colts, how many snaps, and how the Miami Dolphins finish record-wise, the Philadelphia Eagles might be the first team in NFL history that has three picks in the top 10 next year. So it's like, they're not that horrible where if they have three top 10 picks, they can't turn this thing around pretty quick. Yeah, I know who can't turn it around is Jim Sirianni, bro. Yeah, yes, no, Nick Sirianni, correct. Sorry, correct. I forgot his but, name. No, it might as well be Jim. He's probably got an Uncle Jim, and he might be a, do a better job at coaching the Eagles. And Uncle Jim Sirianni will take his Eagles into Detroit, who are searching for their first victory. We've got um, – dude, the Lions, to me, are the best 0-6, I believe, or 0-7 <laughs> football yeah. team of all time. They played the Rams, ultra-competitive. The Rams were one of the best teams in the league. They they lost a game. Only reason they lost one of their games is because Justin Tucker broke an NFL record with a 66-yard field goal. They lost another game on a walk-off field goal. They almost beat the San Francisco 49ers in week one. They came back from like 30 points down. Jared Goff is who Jared Goff is, man. They knew when they traded Stafford away they were getting a lesser version of quarterback. But I love their two-headed monster running back. DeAndre Swift is an absolute stud. 
I like Jamal Williams a lot. Um, I like Amon Ron St. Brown. He's one of their wide receivers. For my fantasy guys this week, if you need a deep, deep sleeper mm-hmm. and you've got some bye weeks, I like Khalif Raymond. He's a slot receiver for them. So, I mean, I, I, I'm sounding probably ridiculously complimentary of Detroit, but that's because I love um, your brother-in-law, Matt Schaefer, and I love one of my best friends, Casey Badoon. Shout out to my Lions fans out there. Uh, you know, I got hope for you guys, and I'm going to say it. I'm picking the Detroit Lions to get their first victory of the season in this game. I've got the Lions to upset the Eagles because they're a home dog, and I told you before, I always like a dog to fight in his own backyard. I got the Lions, 27, Eagles, 23. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't realize this, but Darius Slay is coming back from injury last week. So he was okay. out last week. So I and think that's going to be a revenge, a revenge game for Darius Slay back in Detroit. Gotcha. Very good point. And I also think that Jared Goff is kind of broken, bro. Yeah. The guy is the guy's really struggling. Heard has some mental issues. Not going to lie. I heard the locker room's kind of turning on him a little bit. Um, not bringing the most confidence in the locker room. I, I see the running attack from the Lions really kind of exploiting that defensive line. As much as I want to be strong on them, they did not good look good last week. No. And they're gonna they're gonna have to. It's tough, dude. I'm changing course, bro. I'm picking the Eagles. You know what? Okay. I'm picking the Eagles. I think that they're going to step up in this game. I don't think the Lions, as you said, is a, a good 0-7 team. They're still 0-7. I'll take the Eagles 24-21. Eagles in the close one. I feel you. Um, I, I feel for Coach Dan Campbell, man, the Detroit coach. He was crying a couple weeks ago. I mean, before the season, he was talking about yeah. biting kneecaps. The guy, the guy loves his team, and I feel like his players love him. And that's the reason I'm taking Detroit to get an emotional first win. On a side note, I thought it was really cool. Um, Matthew Stafford was mic'd up for NFL films. Like he do, he was going around to his former Detroit teammates. He's like, "Yo, I'm pulling for you guys." So like, Matthew Stafford's the man. I know, I know this podcast um, this week has nothing to do with Matthew Stafford, but everything that he went through with with his wife beating cancer. If you guys know anything about Matthew Stafford, just just root for him as as a person and as a player. But back to um, the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this is going to be a competitive football game by two teams who are clawing for a victory. There might literally be bloodshed. I don't know if Campbell's going to going to bite a kneecap his damn self, but both these teams need need to win in the in the worst way. The Eagles to stay alive in the East and the Lions just to get that first dub. And I just think that the Lions have enough pride, if you will, to get that victory. So, so I got the Lions. George has um the Eagles to to get the get the dub there. It's probably right, the now, best and worst game of the week, I'd say. I could see that be yes, no, I think you're right. I could see that being a crazy like 37 to 34, you know, walk-off field goal game. I, th- I think yeah. and Detroit all Detroit plays entertaining games. If you watch the Detroit Lions on a Sunday, although it's you know like oh you're, you're, I'm watching the worst team in the league here, you're going to you're going to be entertained. Get your popcorn ready because that could be a fun one in the Motor City. Now I want to take a flight to Mile High Field. We're going to get a little high right now and go to Denver. And the Washington football team will be there. So I hope that they have been practicing at altitude because they're going to need it or they're going to need them oxygen masks. Um, the Washington football team, they do just like just like Philadelphia and Detroit, man, they, they need a victory so badly. And so does Denver. Denver started off the, the year three. You know, Everybody thought all of a sudden, like, oh, Denver's pretty good. Teddy B's doing his thing. Denver has come crashing down to earth. They're below 500 now. 
So this is this is a uh, another another game for me that that I go I go both ways. I believe that uh, Jerry Judy, the Broncos mm-hmm. wide receiver who hurt his ankle in Week One, will be back this week. So I'm not sure if it'll be your boy Kendall Fuller or St. Juiced or perhaps um, William Jackson, but um, watch out because Jerry Judy is one of the best route runners in all of football. Um, so I, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I'm a big fan of the Denver Broncos two-headed monster at running back. They rotate the rookie out of North Carolina, Javante Williams, as well as the veteran Melvin Gordon. So the defensive line is going to have to block up them chin straps. But Teddy Bridgewater, you know, we, we know Teddy B. You know, we all know who, who Teddy B is. He's not going to win you any football games, but he's going to be efficient. And he's going to protect the football. This Denver Broncos defense has not been nearly as good as I thought they would be coming into the season. But I did see a, t- a statistic on their rookie cornerback, Patrick Sertan. He is one of only a few cornerbacks in this league who has not allowed a completion of over 20 yards. Oof. So you know how bad I wanted the Cowboys to draft him. As much as I want to pump up Micah Parsons, I, do I start salivating thinking of the combination of Trayvon Diggs and Patrick Sertan. That never will be. But shout out to Sertan for balling out there as a rookie. But for my prediction, I like the Washington football team to go go on the road, rally around Taylor Heineke, and get a tough victory in Mile High Stadium. I think Chris Blewett kicks a field goal late, (laughs) and I think the Washington football team beats the Denver Broncos 20-16. to Let's go. I like it, man. I like it. I like this game. Um, it, it's it's tough to say after a two and five starting out two and five. It's it's hard to be a fan and have confidence in this team. But after watching us against the Packers, I, I'm starting to believe. You would think after a 10-24 score, you'd think I'm crazy. But <laughs> after I watched them, I, I I really did like the way the defense was flying around the field. I like the way the offense was moving. Uh, Got to get better in the red zone, obviously. I I, I think St. Juice does his thing against Judy. I think they're going to stop the run pretty well. Bridgewater does not scare me whatsoever. I think Heineke is going to secure that quarterback position. Let's be real. We're going into a bye week. They're talking about Kyle Allen possibly starting against oh, the wow. Bucks. We don't want that to happen so again i like heineke still i'm not giving it up on the guy i'm not giving up the guy threw for almost 300 yards and almost ran for 100 yards last week against the packers it's it's the guy is he's fitzpatrick in a nutshell and and i don't know if fitzpatrick would have done better than two and five in the first uh, uh seven weeks so again i believe in our team i think that our wide receivers need to get more healthy i don't know what's going on with curtis samuel right now i'd love to see logan thomas start getting back a little bit i think this team has a chance to get back to 500 by the time uh we play the cowboys honestly and uh it'll it'll be a tough road ahead of us we do have the bucks after the bye that's going to be tough to see the seahawks aren't that great the raiders are okay i guess but there are some some winnable games moving forward uh into that divisional stretch which we both know in december we play about four divisional games in a row where everything right. could change so again i'm gonna have high hopes here i'm not going to be debbie downer like i am every other week i look forward to seeing this game and look forward to seeing my tim- team win handedly by 17 to 31 damn you had a dominant football team victory i did not know the schedule stacked up like that that you guys go into a bye week and then face the super bowl champs so yeah i'm gonna say this is a must win for the football team, and I feel even better about my prediction. I think you might be going a little bullish with a 17-point victory, but um, it's an upset. The Broncos are favored at home. We'll get into the spreads later with Luds, uh, but uh, I, I like the football team to pull off the upset here. Now let's get into some 
prime time games. Because as you watch Sunday night and Monday night football, you're going to get a big. Wait, 17 to 31 is how many points? 27. Man, I'm so bad at math, dude. What, like, <laughs> how, 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 how sad is it that I didn't do that off the top of my head? It's 14 points. It's a it's 14, 14 point. So win. it's not 17. It's a 14. It's I'm two, saying two touchdown game. Yeah. Okay. It's all good. Dude. We're not math majors on the East feet. But we, hope, <laughs> we hope that we can make you guys laugh, if not for our entertainment, for our stupidity and lack of mathematics skill. We appreciate you guys hanging in there with us. Uh, but I did get a C in statistics, bro. So you know, a C. Get, yeah, hey, C, C's get degrees, baby. So let's Absolutely, go um, bro. upstairs. Upstairs. Shout out to Pasco Hernando State College now. Now a state college, no longer a junior college. So you boy got the diploma, got the associates. You know, coming at you, bro. I see. Anyway. Well, it's scholastic. <laughs> well, I want to talk about the primetime games, and we'll start off with Sunday night football, where my boys. Uh, Collinsworth and Al Michaels, or it might be Mike Tirico. I'm not sure what they're doing with the broadcast booth at NBC. But it will be the Dallas Cowboys traveling to the great north to play the Minnesota Vikings. And I have a feeling to all of our loyal listeners, and I love every single one of you, you guys, I mean, we're already almost halfway through the season. You're probably sick and tired of hearing me and George talk. So for your listening pleasure, uh, my cousin Jason, who is a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan, he came on the podcast last year and broke down the Vikings and the Cowboys and did a masterful job. Eloquently. Absolutely. Yes, yes. absolutely. So he came back this year and um, did us a solid. And here is his breakdown of how the Vikings and the Cowboys will go. Hey, everyone. This is Jay, and I'm going to preview the Dallas Cowboys versus Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football. This should be a very close matchup as both teams are heating up now and both are coming off a bye week. The Cowboys have won their last five games and the Vikings have earned a victory in three of their last four. The Cowboys lead the NFL in offense with 460 yards per game and the Vikings are fifth at 414 yards per game. Defensively, the Cowboys have struggled as their defense is ranked 28th in the league. The rush defense is ranked fifth but that may be misleading but because teams have had to throw more often as they've had to play catch-up with them. They have been bailed out at times by the interception uh, in which they lead the league, and also their cornerback Trayvon Diggs leads all players in the league in interceptions. However, Kirk Cousins has only thrown two interceptions all season, so he has been protecting the ball and making smart throws. That stat really surprised me, dude. The fact that Kirk Cousins only thrown two picks, I'm not going to lie. I like that. He's a possession guy, man. For sure. The Vikings rank 16th in total defense and are tied for the lead league with 21 sacks in only six games. Mm. Dak is questionable with a calf injury for Sunday's game, and this may be the difference between a win and a loss. The Vikings are also really good at home and have gotten off to fast starts, but their offense has also disappeared in games at times. If they want to win, they cannot let this happen. They will need to control the ball and keep it out of the Cowboys' hands. The Vikings need this win more than the Cowboys. They would be 5-1 if it wasn't for a three-point loss to the Bengals in overtime 
and a one-point missed field goal loss to the Cardinals. I really think that this one could go either way and should be really close. Unfortunately, Minnesota has not proven that they can beat a good team yet. Cowboys 30, Vikings 28. All right, so Jay's got a close victory for my Dallas Cowboys. Jay, you're more than a cousin. You're like a big brother to me. So shout out to you, your wife, Maura, and your three beautiful daughters, Maggie, Sophie, and Charlotte. Appreciate the contributions. And I appreciate those stats, man. He threw out some really good stats. The one about the Vikings having like 21 sacks in six games, that kind of scares yeah. kind of scares me, man. Um, something I want to point out is my Dallas Cowboys are getting Lyle Collins back in this game off of suspension. But something interesting I saw, George. Lyle Collins is not going to retake his starting position at right tackle. They're going to keep Terrence Steele there, who's played very well. And Lyle Collins is going to get some snaps at left guard, Mm -hmm. position he originally played when he was drafted out of LSU. So Connor McGovern, excuse me, Connor Williams, who has struggled a little bit, is going to be rotating with Lyle Collins. And they said he might as well uh, also see some snaps at right tackle. But all that tells me is we've got some depth on the O-line to hopefully negate that ferocious Vikings pass rush. But um, th- those stats, um, like I said, were very good. Of course, he called out my boy Trayvon Diggs leading the league in the NFL in picks. What I'm really looking forward to in this game is Trayvon Diggs versus Justin Jefferson. Jefferson is one of the elite route runners in this league, and he already had a quote. He said, Trayvon Diggs is a ball hawk. Well, guess what? I'm a ball hawk, so let's go. So this dude, this game, dude, I'm I am I'm salivating. I cannot wait to watch this game in primetime Halloween night. I'll be passing out some candy with my girl and her family down in Northport. Um, I'm excited, man. Before I give my score, what are you feeling? Man, this is a tough one for me. As you know, I, I I've called you out on on you know you haven't had a, a huge test. Again, you played the Chargers. I understand that, and, and you did beat them. But you know, in the Pats, you beat them in overtime. Uh, you beat the Panthers, you beat the Giants, teams like this. I think this is your biggest test. I, I truly think this is your biggest test based off of the Vikings only, again, stats by Jay, two interceptions. You guys survive off interceptions. Yes. Let's be real. And and without a couple picks from Trayvon or, or, or someone else, I, I know the pressure's kind of been lacking a little bit from your boy. Uh, what's his face? Um, Micah Parsons? Micah Parsons. Is that true? Um, Micah Are you going to accept that or no? I will accept it because he has shifted back to linebacker, his original position. So he's not rushing the passer as he was um, when we were so thin at defensive end. But Randy Gregory, smoke dog, has been getting some sacks. So, so yeah, there is some yeah. pass rush there. No, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and say based off of uh, time of possession and and uh, a great game manager as far as Kirk Cousins, previous quarterback, I wish he was still with us in Washington. Um, I'm going to actually take the Vikings in this game at a, at a slim margin. I, I do think that Cowboys obviously have a very explosive offense that can pretty much score at will, uh, but I think that the Vikings try to hold the ball. I think that there's a lot of throws in the flats for four or five yards. I think they're, they maybe pop a couple with Justin Jefferson, um, but I think that to control this ball they're playing at home as well correct correct it is in minnesota correct. so they are in minnesota what's the spread in this game i think it was two and a half i believe now it is down to cowboys minus one and a half so it's basically money line at this point so I, again vegas even think this is gonna be a tight game again it's gonna be your biggest test this year i'm gonna take the vikings i'm gonna take them 24 to 23 
24-23. I think it's going to be that kind of game, and I do believe it's going to be a, um, a field goal kind of score. What gives me confidence about my Cowboys is as good as they've been playing on this five-game winning streak, we're actually getting healthy. I already talked about Lyle Collins coming back. Michael Gallup is back at practice this week. I'm not sure if he is going to play in this game. It wouldn't surprise me if they let him heal up the calf another week, but I believe he is healthy enough to play. Um, also, um, a guy that probably not many people listening know about is Kelvin Joseph. He was our second round draft pick out of Kentucky by way of LSU. He may make his season debut. So that just makes our defensive backfield with, um, with Diggs and Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, J. Ron Curse, DeMonte Casey, even stronger. Gives us depth back there. So that, that really excites me. But let's be honest. This game hinders on the right calf of Rain Dakota Prescott. Yep. He's questionable. I mean, I believe with every fiber in my body that Dak is going to play in this game. I think that it's still early enough in the season where we can't just like, oh, let's let's sit Dak and let him get healthy. No, we need to get this tough road victory in Minnesota. So I think Dak's going to play. And of course, you know, I'm going to pick my Dallas Cowboys to win this game. I got the Cowboys 30, Vikings 29. I'll, I'll, I'll do a one-point close victory. All respect to the Vikings. I just, at the end of the day, cannot give them the upset because Kirk Cousins, man, your boy, although he's playing great this year with only two interceptions, I don't have the stats in front of me, but in primetime games, in standalone primetime games, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, or pretty much any game in the playoffs, he struggles. And Dak tends to rise to to the occasion. So if Dak plays, Cowboys win. How about them Cowboys? Let's finish up our week eight preview with Monday night football, which will see the New York Giants with some momentum playing the Kansas City Chiefs, who don't have some momentum, surprisingly. Um, Let me check real quick. I forgot where this game is going to be played. It's in Kansas City, and the Chiefs are big favorites. Luz is about to come on and talk about that. I want to, George, real quick, give me me a soapbox, because I want to throw out a hot take that traditional media is not talking about of why the Kansas City Chiefs are struggling. If you all remember last year, the week of the Super Bowl, one of the Kansas City Chiefs assistant coaches by the name of Britt Reed, if that name sounds familiar, it's because he is the son of head coach Andy Reed. Britt Reed got a DWI and he killed somebody. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make – this is a very serious – I'm not trying to make any jokes about that because I, I had a very bad night myself with drinking and driving. I was lucky enough not to have a Britt Reed night. But Britt Reed killed somebody, and he's going to go to prison for a very long time, possibly the rest of his life. And nobody is talking about that. Maybe that had something to do with why the Chiefs got their ass kicked by the Bucks because that's Andy Reed's son. You don't think his head was maybe not at Raymond James Stadium that night? Maybe his heart – isn't exactly with this team every week. Maybe he's thinking about his son. So again, we make a lot of jokes on this podcast. This is a serious take of mine that I think isn't being mentioned. Maybe part of the reason that the Kansas City Chiefs are struggling is because their assistant coach and son of head coach Andy Reid is in some pretty hot water. But back to the X's and O's. Um, The Giants are playing with momentum and the Chiefs are not, man. But yet Vegas has the Chiefs' big favorites at home. And I Strangely enough, I, I get it. I feel like we're all just waiting for the Chiefs to snap out of this. And I think this is the week that they do it. And that's no disrespect to the Giants. I think that Ojulari 
Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and all those guys in the D-line are going to be on Patrick Mahomes. And Let's be honest, Mahomes has been struggling, but I like the accountability that the young man has taken. He's put it on his shoulders, and I think that he is going to respond this week. Um, I think the, the, the same old guys, Cheetah, Travis Kelsey, Maybe we'll get a McCole Hardman, um, one, one of the others. Uh, Daryl Williams is going to be uh, running the ball for them. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still on IR. I think the Chiefs have their changing, their, their turning point in the season this Monday night. So I got the Chiefs to get not a dominant victory, but I will say Kansas City 31, Giants 24. Yeah, this is tough, man. Honestly, I would I would be really heavy on the Giants if they were healthy. They're yes. out without Saquon. They're without Kadarius Tony. They're without mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay. They're mm-hmm. at, without Lorenzo Carter, their their linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's 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 tough to watch them and and the great they played great last week. I think they're a good team, but they had to get healthy, man. I don't know if they have enough firepower against Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and those. Those guys on offense, it, it's it's going to be a battle. I, again, I don't know if that had anything to do with, with Andy Reid's son getting the DWI or DUI and, and killing someone, and, and that's super unfortunate. But I will say this. I have had coaches in the locker room going through dramatic situations like that, and you definitely feel it as a player. It makes you feel uncomfortable. It makes you feel uneasy. You don't always go into those games very confident. You feel more confident in yourself than the actual team because you just don't know what's going to happen next, uh, the next week. So, again, I want to go Giants here off of my bold stance last week, but I will pick the Chiefs in a grinder here. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Chiefs 27 to 23. All right. Well, I appreciate you personalizing um, my story a little bit. Uh, We'll see. Like you said, man, the Giants are so beat up. They're going to be depending on Devontae Booker again without Saquon. So maybe Devontae Booker can churn out some solid rushing yards. Sterling. If the Giants win this game, though, if the Giants win this game unhealthy like they are. Oh, watch out. Watch out. Yes. Watch out. No, I agree. If I'll say it right now. I'll go bold statement. If the Giants pull off the upset victory in Kansas City on Monday night, they will get a wild card berth. This will, that will be the momentum coming off of that, that Panthers game. Much like last year after a slow start, you do not want to play the New York Giants if they get this victory. But let's go to Vegas where we are going to shoot with Jay Lutz. He was um, average last week in the NFC East um, uh, at one and two. It was a tough week, but I do want to shout out our boy with the killer upset parlay. Bengals over Ravens, Titans over Chiefs. Those are two bold calls, and he pulled off the victory with the upset parlay. So congratulations, Luds. Welcome back. Overall, you are sitting... What are you? What are you at? Fourteen and ten in the East, and yeah. three and two with the upset parlay. That is correct. Yeah, fourteen and ten overall, three and two in the upset parlay. Uh, I got pretty good, feeling good about these picks this week for sure. You feeling good? All feeling right, good. Well, let's dive in. Um, I want to start off with the Eagles going to Motown. They're playing the Detroit Lions, and the Eagles are road favorites. Eagles minus three and a half. Um, I like the point you made about the Lions earlier um, on the show. That they've been playing tough. I mean, they've lost some tough games. Uh, I'm with you. I think they're probably one of the best 0-7 teams I think I've seen 
Um, yeah. They can run the ball. Um, I like they're at home this week. Uh, I think they can hang with the Eagles. Uh, but I think Hurts and Gainwell, I kind of like Gainwell might be starting this game. And um, yes, Sirianni, I think, really likes Gainwell. So I think maybe they will run tend to run the ball, maybe dump the, the ball off to him a little bit. Um, I'm a little down on Hurts. I know you guys are still a little about him. Uh, they're putting too much pressure on him. I mean, how many starts has he had? Ten? So yeah, I'd say 10, 12. Got to give this guy some time to, I mean, run the football like you guys have been saying for weeks. I think, uh, I think it's a close one. I am taking the Eagles 24 23, Detroit plus three and a half. All right. So you got the Eagles getting the victory, but you're taking Detroit with the points. All right. right I like that bet. All right. Now we're going to go to Mile High Stadium in Denver. We've got the Washington football team as the road underdogs. The Broncos are minus three. Yeah, so you guys never brought this up earlier in the show. So Denver, um, I think they're a little advantage this week. Being at home, getting extra rest. Um, they did play on Thursday, so they had a few ah. extra days to rest, a few extra days to prepare. Um, so Denver can't score points. Washington can't play defense. So I think it will be a close game, but... I think Denver pulls it out. I am taking Teddy B and the Broncos 23-21, Washington football team plus three. Okay, so again, you're going with the Broncos to get the victory, but you're going to go plus the points. With I think the that plus team. three is a lock, bro. I think that yeah, plus, plus three, three is a lock. lock. I like the plus yeah. three. I think you, it's you, a close you, game. Yeah, I you're, think that plus three is a lock. You had a solid lock last week taking the Giants, so George is putting a lock on the plus three for his football team. All right, let's go to Sunday night football. Be sure everybody take your take your children out trick or treating. Have a great night, but get the kids home by eight twenty Eastern because we got a barn burner with my Cowboys going into Minnesota. That beautiful stadium they got there. And okay, I'm sorry, Luds. I don't know if I'm I'm tripping. I don't have an update here, but on my phone it is now saying Minnesota minus two and a half. Wow. I'm sorry to throw did, a curveball at did you. Did Dak get... I don't... Let, let, sorry sorry for the delay here, guys, but I just brought it up in my phone, and I don't know what is going on. Do we have a... a, well, let's a Dak that get a get get Try to get an update real quick before... No, I, I, got Cowboy, I got Cowboys minus two right here. Sometimes that, that update on certain websites will screw up. I've actually taken advantage of that a couple times where they <laughs> where they do the wrong spread. Um, but, yeah, currently it's it's at minus two right now. Okay, Cowboys minus two. Dak is still questionable, believes he wants yeah. to play. All right, so, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. Sorry about the error on that, guys. We're still going to go with Cowboys minus two as the road favorites. Luds, I apologize. Uh, no problem. Uh, I think it's a slap in the face that the Cowboys are only favored by two uh, earlier and sure. earlier. I think it was yesterday. They were two and a half. Now they're two. Uh, I think it's a slap in the face. I think the both teams are coming off the bye. What have the Vikings done that have really <laughs> impressed anyone? They're not good. Dude, what have the Cowboys done? They're not good. So, but hear me out. Um, Washington football uh, team fan over there, lifetime fan, I think is still a little bitter that Cousins isn't playing for the Washington football team. <laughs> well, I just but, think uh, that you have experienced the NFC East feast long yeah. enough. The Cowboys will slip up at any point in the season. You best watch, bro. We'll see. And B. Wills even knows it. He's waiting for the shit to happen. I think uh, I think Kirk and Cook can, can keep them in the game. I think it will be within reach. But I do have the Cowboys winning 30-21. to 
to 24, Dallas minus two or minus two and a half. I got two and a half, but yeah, taking the Cowboys. For sure. All right. And Ludz, I mean, that, that's a good call by George. Um, the, the Cowboys are known to lay an egg every once in a while. And do the, this Vikings offense is explosive. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. That's a problem. I like and what guys, you said, though, about Kirk Cousins and primetime games. Primetime. Yeah, and Dak Prescott keeping his cool and getting the job done. Dallas wins this game. Dude, if there's any serious betters out there right now, I'm sure by the time you guys listen to this, it's going to be Friday or Saturday. But I'm getting the Cowboys as underdogs right now. If you can get the Cowboys plus points on any website, whether you like the Cowboys or not, that's good money. I like where Luds, I like where you're at swallowing the Cowboys at one or two points. But if you can get the Vikings as a favorite, jump on that expeditiously. But that's what you that's what shows you that Vegas is is feeling the Vikings. And you you're know those are We'll it would see. not surprise me because you know you know the Cowboys are going to play games with the injury report at eight fifteen. It'll probably be announced if Dak Prescott plays. So you might get you, this. This this might be a, literally an even pick them at, at, at half. But Ludge, regardless, is swallowing the points, going with the Cowboys as the outright victors. Let's finish up this game on Monday, November first, which might be somebody's birthday. Feel free to um, send me a text message or a birthday card. But don't, the, no longer your friend. So that's uh, great. Yes. Yeah, and I, 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 will, <laughs> I will delete you off of Facebook. I'm just kidding. I, lo- I love you all. And thank you for listening. The Giants are traveling to Kansas City. That is Kansas City, Missouri, not Kansas City, Kansas. And the Chiefs are big favorites in this game. Chiefs minus nine and a half. Luds finish us up. So... This isn't a trap game. Um, I think I think the Giants going to Arrowhead Stadium this week. I think they're going to get beat pretty good. Um, the only thing about Kansas City is they can't run the ball. They have no running game. Um, I think Giants, if they can get to Mahomes, put a little pressure on them. I think they can keep it relevant for a bit, but I do think Kansas City will pull away um, like they did against Washington. Um 34-26, Kansas City, New York Giants plus 10. Giants plus 10. I think that's, I think that's a good pick, Lutz. I think the Giants play competitively, and, and that whether it's 9.5 or 10 points, it's just too many. So I think you're good on injuries, that one. Man. Too many injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard that, to play uh, that an plus, arrowhead too, dude. That stadium yeah. is insane, man. It is. It, it is. Uh, that plus 10, though, for the Giants, I, I like it. I like it. I think they keep it somewhat close. I mean, they get beat. Like, I got it 34-26. They get beat, but they get beat by at least eight, seven to eight points. All right. So, Giants plus the points. We're unanimous on that one. And let's finish it up on what I would say is a red-hot upset parlay. Ludge, don't keep us waiting any longer. What is this week's upset parlay? Game one, um, I'm shocked that the Indianapolis Colts are favored one point in this game at home against the Tennessee Titans. Red hot rolling right now. Tennessee plus one at Indianapolis. I don't think I need to say much more. Carson Wentz is a bum. Uh, (laughs) They're not going to be able, they're not going to be able to start, uh, stop uh, Derrick Henry. They're just not. Uh, Yeah. Tennessee plus one for my second pick. And this is kind of a hot take. You can look it up everywhere. I think a lot of people are on board with this pick. Pittsburgh plus three and a half at Cleveland this week. Um, Love it. Just, I think Pittsburgh is going to start rolling a little bit. I think um, their running back looks great. What's his, uh, Najee looks great. Uh, Najee Harris. What's his name's out? 
Um, Mayfield's out. Uh, Chubb may be back. Probably out. Chubb may be back, but um, Pittsburgh's good against the run. Pittsburgh's good against the run. I like the defense this week against them. Pittsburgh plus three and a half. So you got Pittsburgh plus three, Tennessee plus one. That's your upset parlay. I'm not going to lie, Luds. I liked your upset parlay last week, and it hit. And, like, guys, again, that was three to one money. So if you got a 20, maybe you got a 50, throw it on the upset parlay. Colts lose, Browns lose, Steelers tighten up, win yourself some money. Yep. We appreciate you all for listening. Everybody um, have a great time on Sunday. If you if you got the, the kid and the wife like, like Luds, go out, trick or treat. If you're a savage like me and George and you're still young, you know, go, you know, find you a girl with a slutty costume and party on, baby. I love my fiance, by the way. So shout out to and her. I meant I meant your fiance <laughs> and my girlfriend. So of course, George. That's what I meant. I'm talking about all the single people. Thank you for correcting me before I spoke out of turn on that one. <laughs> I just meant if you don't have a beautiful <laughs> young lady. like By the George way, everybody listening, uh, B. Wills' girlfriend definitely listens to this podcast, so this should be entertaining after this. And I love you with all of my heart, <laughs> and thank you for listening. Thank you all for listening to the NFC East. Free! Free!